Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we're going to give you a bit of a hot scoop that's strange that it's a hot scoop. It's a it's a windy, windy, blustery story. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hope you like soup. Here comes mm-hmm. a hot scoop. That's right. We're going to talk about the subject of The Conjuring 3, mm-hmm. which is the devil in Connecticut case. Now, this movie's not even out yet. No, it's not. I'm not even sure that it's actually filming right now. Articles I saw said that it was filming. Really? Yes. Okay, then great. Yeah. But there's been a lot of speculation about what the story is mm-hmm. for some reason. Right. It's pretty clear. I'll I'll go into all of it, but like we pretty much have an answer that for some reason news outlets seem to not be picking up. Yeah. Now it's going to take some more time for this movie to come out. It's yes. going to take probably it's going to be like another year. There's no release date or anything. Yeah. Which is why we're mm-hmm. scooping them. That's right. We're sweeping it right out from under them. As soon as this is officially announced, mm-hmm. as soon as a trailer comes out and stuff. I want to see most comments be Guide to the Unknown yes, first. Right. They knew. I heard this already. I'm bored. Snooze. Give me another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. So I'm going to tell you how this came about. One of our listeners, one of you guys, reached out to us because you guys may remember us talking about the Annabelle event that they had at the well not at the warren's occult museum but i talked about it in the episode about lorraine warren's dolls right where they were having an event at a restaurant somewhere where her son-in-law tony spara was going to bring annabelle and have an evening where they talk about the warren's different cases and things like that our listener tina heard that episode of ours thought it sounded cool, and then went to that event. That is so cool. It's really awesome. And then, so that event happened in April, I believe, but she just messaged us last week and told us about it. So that, like, ended up, so she found out what the subject of the next Conjuring movie was going to be, talked about it a little bit, and then Will and I decided to dive into it and elaborate and talk about the whole story for you guys tonight. That's right. But I'm going to kick off with... Tina's message to me. So it's a little bit abridged, but this is the basic gist of it. So here is what she said. She said the dinner was okay. So she said like first she reached out and said, Hey, I went to that Annabelle dinner that you and Will talked about. If you want to hear more about it, let me know. And so I said, yeah, any impressions you have, please let me know. So this is what she said. Well, the dinner was very good. There were about 200 people there. The Warren's daughter, Judy was sweet and Tony seemed very sincere. I didn't get the impression that he was just trying to make money. Just a nice guy. I couldn't pinpoint if he was understatedly theatrical or if he really believed what he was saying. It was worth the money because it was a bit of Americana. Like you, I'm from Connecticut and I grew up with them as a hometown phenomenon. It was first a small speech about what we were going to do and then dinner. Then it went from videos to discussion back and forth. So here is the start of some of the videos. She says, I saw two exorcisms. One was from New Haven and more current than the first one, the one of the French farmer from Warren, Massachusetts, the one they allude to in Juan's films. Do you remember that? I actually meant to look that up and I forgot. The French farmer is the the French Canadian guy from The Nun. Okay. Oh. In term in the movie speak. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. So it was a video of the real life guy's exorcism. Okay. Um, she says the New Haven one was not convincing. It was a guy groaning on a bed. So what didn't didn't really wow Tina? Doesn't sound like it would wow me. My How- wife sees that for free every morning. <laughs> <sighs> morning again. Uh, the sun rose again. <laughs> oh man. Here we go. However, Frenchie really was somewhat unsettling. The history of Frenchie and his dad's murder of his mom and his own attempted murder of his wife was very interesting. Perhaps a story for another day. Yeah, that's that's that seemed like too much to research for this, but I don't know what that's about. That's so. interesting too, because in The Conjuring, they do establish that they had done this other exorcism on a mm-hmm. French guy, right? But then they do work that in the in. movie The Conjuring. They say that, not in the Nun. Okay, in the movie The Conjuring. Okay, and they show footage of it. Oh, okay. They're doing a lecture. I never rewatched it. I said I was going to after we did the episode, but I never got to it. I, I wanted to. I wanted to rewatch The Conjuring two recently yeah. as well. But mm-hmm. um, and then in the Nun, they expand on that. They make that character be one yeah. of the heroes right. in the Nun. It's interesting to me that. Like, I just always assumed that was a sort of fictionalized thing that they had this video of an exorcism at yeah, all. Yeah, To To know that that was a real guy. Mm-hmm. And then in the movies, they just turned him into, like, 
yeah, the like, lead action guy in The Nun is like, well, right, then that's weird. Doesn't he have like a line that's supposed to be a real like, whoa, but terrible. I don't remember it exactly, but is he like, I'm not French. I'm French Canadian. Is that's that what it is? I believe that's exactly what it is. I know it. I couldn't remember if it was that he said French Canadian or just Canadian. And I think he says it to a ghost. <laughs> I think he probably does. Does he go... So we meet this guy in The Nun from what you remember post-exorcism. He's left that behind. That- no, 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 no. Pre-exorcism. Oh, okay. Okay. The so Nun it- is a prequel. Oh, right. Yeah, I get the whole timeline mixed up. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah, because The Nun happens like... Way in the past. Yeah, it's okay. like in the 50s. All right, so we could conceivably be revisiting this guy getting an exorcism at some point, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that'll be one of those, like, bumpers to the movie. Like, you know how they visited Amityville before the events right. of the second one, I think it yes. is? I wonder if there'll be a little thing like that where he has his exorcism, and then, boom, we're in the subject of The Conjuring 3. I have a little speculation, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to that ef- effect with, with my portion of this, yeah. Okay, cool. How the movie will handle it. All right, yeah. cool. Um, okay, so next she says, we got a virtual tour of the Warrens Museum. The virtual tour was a DVD with footage of the Warrens. Tony was younger, and he walked around the museum with Ed. I think if you go on his website, you can see it for a $5 fee. One really cool thing is that the Warrens love animals. The stories he told of Ed rescuing dogs were nice. Judy, who's their daughter, decided to take her mother's old costume jewelry and make bracelets. Lorraine Warren was somewhat of a hoarder. My word's not theirs. And they said she kept everything. If you're familiar with her, you know she wore lots of costume jewelry. Um, so then what Judy made was made from pieces of her jewelry, like reformed. I had to have one, so I bought one. $40 and all proceeds go to animal organizations. I know they could be lying, but I choose to believe it, uh, I choose to believe it could be. Plus donating to animals is worth it for me. Which is nice. Yeah, that's like great. that's that's a cool, that. like weird novelty thing to have to have yes. a bracelet that's made from Lorraine Warren's old costume jewelry. That's like, wild. That's sweet. And so she sent a picture of it, and it's a pretty bracelet. It looks like um alternating beads that are kind of like clearish iridescent with beads that are darker and have crosses on them. And then there's a little angel wing hanging off of it. So pretty neat. Yeah, that's cool. That's like a showpiece kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so she says, so this is where we're going to start getting into what is going to be the story of The Conjuring 3. She says, at the head table, there were like eight people. Two of them I thought I recognized. Finally, Tony introduced them. It was Arn. Do you think it's Arn? I've been saying Arnie okay. in, in my Arnie? head. Okay. Yeah. It was Arnie and Debbie Johnson. We're, I'm saying that because it's spelled A-R-N-E. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't sure. Not that I don't know how you... Say the word Arnie when it's spelled the way you'd think. Anyway, it was Arnie and Debbie Johnson. He is from the notoriously famed Devil in Connecticut court case. I couldn't believe it. They told us their story is the plot of the next Conjuring movie. So when I got this from Tina and I read that, I was like, oh, huh. Like, I don't remember hearing the plot of the next Conjuring yeah. movie. And I follow, like, horror um, entertainment sites and everything. So I'm like decently up on all this stuff i was like oh i must have just missed it so i googled and i didn't find anything that said that there was nothing saying that this case was the subject of the next conjuring movie or even anything that was solid about the subject of the next conjuring movie there were like little kind of speculations or like a sentence here and there that um either james wan the director or one of the producers would say in an interview but nothing that was like this is the story we're going to tell it all seemed very like it was kind of in the works so i was like i wonder if this is something that they told this audience at kind of a private event and it's sweet to give them that sort of inside information but maybe it's not supposed to be out there yet like I don't know if the audience maybe had to sign an NDA or something similar to that and that it's not really supposed to go beyond these walls until whatever. Because I I was just so surprised to see that it wasn't widely reported. So I wrote back to Tina and um, I asked her – oh, you know what? Let me say this first, I think. Um, well, no, I'll just go here. So I, so I wrote back to Tina and I asked her if there were any disclaimers that they gave during the talk about whether you could tell anybody this or not. And, um, she said, and this is a quote from her again, he did not say that we couldn't. He said that the next conjuring was their full story. He was very confident when he said it. Over 200 people heard him and asked questions. But if he said it and did not have permission, then he outed James Wan's secret. Yeah. So what, like when I was, looking up what the con the subject of the conjuring is i found just kind of like bits and pieces but nothing 
at this point, I didn't find anything that had anything to do with the devil in Connecticut case or anything that sounded like it, which is part of why I was surprised. And so here are some of the things that I did see James Wan and the producers saying about the upcoming movie. Um, James Wan had commented that he liked the idea of maybe setting it in the 80s at one point. Um, the producer Peter Safran said, there are some cases that maybe aren't as well known, but the Warrens spent a fair, t- uh, a fair bit of time researching and were part of them. Clearly we can't do another haunted house movie, right? We can't do another supernatural possession in a house with a family in peril, right? So it's gotta be something different than that, I think. So that's vague, but yeah. it does support it being this story. You know yes. what I mean? It, that that connects. So it made sense to me. And something that Tina had said to me in her messages is, quote, I heard the next one was going to be the werewolf one that was a man possessed by a demon that was a werewolf type demon. Um, and I understand big time why she thought this because when she wrote this to me it did ring a bell to me i was like yeah. oh, i think i remember hearing something about that so i went and googled and there are a bunch of websites that say that they're like we don't know the details about the next conjuring movie yet but it seems like there's going to be some sort of werewolf theme involved and so i did some digging and i found the source of that it's it's weird how these things it's kind of like a game of telephone so the source of the idea of this being a werewolf thing is actually a joke. Like, this is not a genuine plot point whatsoever. James Wan had an interview with Cinema Blend, and the interviewer brought up the idea of working in lycanthropy. or le- have you- Lycanthropy. Lycanthropy, which is werewolves. And Wan responded, maybe we can do- go and do it like a classic American werewolf in London style. That would be awesome. The Warren set against the backdrop of the Hounds of Baskerville. That would be awesome. Thank you. Laughter in brackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely just playing off of somebody's funny idea. Yeah, he wasn't, it was not James Wan fielding an idea from a reporter. No. And then deciding to take it and make that the movie. No, it sounds like they were just having a conversation yeah. and like getting along. And he's like, yeah, dude, that would be rad. You're right. Like we should work in werewolves. Yeah. And for some reason, that is the quote that everybody has grasped onto. Yeah. But when I read it, I was like, this is clear to me that this is just jokey. Like, this isn't saying... But it's a bombastic, larger-than-life, yes. ridiculous thing to say, right. and people would definitely click on that. Right. Yeah. But here's the weird thing. He actually has told us what the subject is going to be, and weirdly, people have grasped onto the bombastic thing and not him actually giving a scoop and being like, here's what's going to happen. So, like I said, I asked Tina what the deal was and she said yeah they told us whatever and then she wrote back to me a while later and she had found an article from the uk website the mirror reporting that it was going to be about this case and they're sourcing that from james wan talking to bloody disgusting which is a big horror site in december 2018 and giving direct quotes about like yes we're gonna do this and for some reason why is anybody using that as a source so like i said i googled and read a whole bunch of stuff before she sent me this mirror article, yeah. when you just Google The Conjuring 3, this thing does not come up early in your search whatsoever. When she happened to send me a random UK site that reported on this in March, sourcing an article from December, like that's where the meat is. It's just so strange to me. That's where the meat is. That's where the meat is. So what he said was, quote, all the Conjuring films are based on the case files, so they're more based on the true story aspect of the real-life Warrens. He was talking about kind of the larger Conjuring universe sure. and the spinoffs and everything, so talking about the Conjuring movie's place in them, kind of. I think that's important. I think it's important that the mothership stays true to the inspiration of the real people. The spinoffs are where we get to have more fun and do weird and wonderful crazy things. The mothership of it being the Conjuring films, we want it to come back to the real stuff. It's this guy who was on trial for committing a murder, Juan said. I think it's the first time in America's history where the defendant used possession as uh, used possessions as a reason, as an excuse. So I don't know if it's because we don't have an official synopsis for The Conjuring 3. Like, if you just Google The Conjuring 3, you know how Google now is good at having kind of this like summary block come up that'll tell you the plot of something. It just says something like the conjuring three is the next movie in the conjuring franchise. So I don't know if it's because we don't have an official synopsis to point to that different sites seem to not be grasping onto what the director said it's going to be about in a definitive way, Yeah, but they're not like 
four days ago, there's an article from somebody saying that it's going to be about werewolves. Um, <laughs> there are articles about James Wan doing Aquaman 2 that say he is currently working on The Conjuring and that the details are under wraps. But they're not. Yeah, I really wonder if that could somehow be. It's Warner Brothers, I think. I don't know. That does the conjuring. Yeah. I wonder if that could somehow, like, they overlooked that James Wan ever said it at all. And it, they're well, like, it must be that. Keep it secret. There's an embargo. You can't talk about it. And they all forget that he said it to Bloody Disgusting a while <laughs> I back. I wonder, because I. I under, he like, must talk to a million people a day. He must, but Bloody Disgusting is a big outlet to forget that he revealed the plot to if you're going for an, an embargo thing. Yeah. I would think there was an embargo if not for the fact that you can still go to Bloody Disgusting and their article is called, let me see, it's at the top here. Um, the article is called The Conjuring 3 Plot Details Confirmed Exclusive. Well, they've so they're exclusive. Right. Nobody else can talk about it. Yeah, they can. It's so strange. So we can. I, we sure can. Breaking it right here on Guide to the Unknown. If people can refer to like it being fact that there are werewolf stories, I think we can say that we're breaking it as fact. It's equally as true. You're home for hard-hitting journalism. That's Guide right. Guide to the Unknown. When a million articles come out and they're like, the true story behind uh, The mm-hmm. Conjuring 3. You're like, I've heard that yeah. already. Old tell news. Them, tell, them, tell them you've known for a while now. Tell them you're a little guidey and Guide to the Unknown sent you exactly. months ago. Uh, excuse me, I'm Ex- a little guidey. Yes, yeah, so I know the scoop. Except, I was telling Willis, I think that it might be coming. So, when I was researching this, I was kind of like dipping in and drips and drabs so i kept going to the wikipedia page for the arnie johnson trial and just like checking in on how i thought we should divide it and just kind of like letting it marinate and i also was so obsessed with the fact that the real plot wasn't out there yeah so i've i noticed specifically that the arnie johnson trial wikipedia page didn't say anything about the conjuring three and then today when I'm nailing down research, all of a sudden it says the trial will be the subject of the Conjuring 3. And I was like, what is happening? It's coming. So it's coming. People are starting to catch on. It's coming. It's coming. We're going to ride that wave. It's so weird. Absolutely. We're riding the wave. I'm surfing it right now. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to go back to direct quotes from Tina's message to us. So this is going to be about her hearing Arnie and Debbie Johnson speak. And Will will go into a little bit more about what the actual story is. Yeah. So she says their testimony also seemed genuine, also meaning like like Tony and Judy, they seem like genuine people. But who knows? The murder was real. Arnie's brother-in-law, Debbie's brother, was 11 and he was possessed. The demon began with oppression and then infestation and then possession. I have heard that as like the cycle, That's basically. That's the conjuring. Yes. Put that forth. Ed and Lorraine Warren giving a lecture. Boy, I really need to rewatch this movie, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... They put those three words on a blackboard <laughs> yeah. and say how how a, a possession proceeds yeah, yeah yeah um after arnie was party to many times when the brother was slapped punched and choked by the demon he told it to leave the brother and go into him he says he blacked out and then woke up to cops cuffing him he said he did not know he killed his landlord the article said they were arguing and he stabbed him multiple times so then she leaves that story and you'll pick that back up she said that of that night, then we moved on to the unveilings of the objects that they brought with them. Tony first showed the shadow doll, which we talked about in that Lorraine Warren's dolls yeah. episode. That's the one that had like real teeth in it and like feathers and cre- creepy stuff. Yeah. Then the idol found in the woods, that devil's yeah. thing that Lorraine said threw her 25 feet. Um, 25 feet. And then this is something I don't Lorraine know about. Lorraine loves it when stuff throws you across a room. Oh, yeah. Loves it. Oh, she goes flying all the time. I mean, she's a slight woman, I loves guess. It. So I guess if something is going to throw someone in the room, when Lorraine Warren I guess Lorraine's talks about a good target. Everyone's levitating. Everyone's yeah. being thrown across rooms. Oh, totally. And it's a mainstay. There's bombast yeah. all over the place. Um, and then they showed the object. Um, I don't know about this. Uh, she said, it's a handmade model dinosaur that the Warrens believed was possessed. It is Arnie's brother-in-law's, the 11-year-old that got possessed, Debbie's brother. So I, I think... David. Yes. I, so I think from this, this was a toy of David's that was possessed. Okay. Um, I followed up with Tina about this today, but apparently she has a life. God forbid, and she didn't get back to me. <laughs> so I think from what she wrote, that's the deal, that this is the object is David's item, but that might be incorrect. Um, then at last they unveiled Annabelle. They made a case that had holy water mixed with the wood stain, which I didn't know. Like when they like painted the outside of the case, there's oh, holy water mixed in, which is awesome. Cool. And had a St. Christopher medal and three crosses on it. We got to take any pics we wanted, but the lights were low. 
Oh, I almost forgot. Tony showed us two pilots of a new ghost hunting show that may be on TV. The people with him were his team members on the show, I assume. It's called Haunted Lands. So I Googled it and there's no news about it yet. So we'll see what happens with it. Um, this is something, this next part is something else that I reached out to Tina about. And again, this is obviously zero shade to Tina. This was like the same day of the show. Um, she didn't get back to me about this yet. There's stuff about Zach Bagans in here next. Oh. I don't know if that was in connection with the Haunted Places show or if this is a separate kind of subject. Yeah. But it was just in the same paragraph that she wrote me. So I'm not, I'm not totally, totally clear on this. But she next says, um, he did, he did say that Zach Bagans was disrespectful to Annabelle, his words. He promised Tony to be reverent and I guess not be douchey Zach, but he was. Tony said he would never do anything with him again. Oh, wow. I know. I'm curious about that because even though Zach Bagans is very like cool guy, I would see him being like overly reverent of things. That kind of surprises me. You know, be like, don't, don't touch her. You know what I mean? Stupid doll. Yeah, that's You're just hard. a stupid doll. That's hard for me to imagine. Yeah. But you know, I believe it. I believe it. I'm just saying I'm surprised. Also, he was mean to my doll is a funny reason to not want to work with someone. Respect. All respect given. Not even just being mean to the doll. He lied to him. He, he promised Tony he was going to be reverent and be non-douchey Zach in Tina's words. It is. And funny then he went into douchey Zach. How self-aware he is. <laughs> He's like. An, I know, I know who I am. I'll, I'm an idiot. I know. I'll dial it back. <laughs> I promise I won't be me. Quick aside that's in the same universe, so it's not like a crazy detour. Um, I watched an episode of Ghost Hunters today, like the the older show, because there's the reboot of Ghost Hunters is premiering when we're recording tonight. There are the Ghost Hunters universe is getting a little bit wide, and it seems like everything is okay between the dudes, but they've kind of split off. So as I told you before, and I called them toilet rooters and got called out on it it's roto rooters ghost hunters was a team of two roto rooters named grant and jason who formed a ghost hunting thing called taps it's like the atlantic paranormal society oh they can also fix your taps they can fix your taps <laughs> You're, do roto rooters only do toilets or do they do all kinds of stuff i only fix the commode <laughs> Sorry. We're, a, we're a John only business. Good luck. Um, yeah, they can fix your taps in multiple ways. But so they had the original show Ghost Hunters and then they had like a team who kind of stuck with them for a long time, but they were like the, the founders of taps or whatever. So Grant left taps a few years ago because he wanted more time back in his life. Sounds legit. Like they were doing the show and it was very time consuming and everything. And so he took a step back from paranormal investigating, but the guy Grant, no, excuse me, the guy Jason, kept the show going for a while. So there were still Ghost Hunters, but this guy Grant wasn't in it. Okay. Then eventually Ghost Hunters ended for whatever reason. I don't know. Now Ghost Hunters coming back tonight with just Grant and a new team of people. Oh. However, doing my research, because I was curious about this, I was like, was there a falling out? Like, what's the deal? Why isn't anybody from the original team with Grant doing this? There's another show that's going to be coming out called Ghost Nation with the other guy, Jason, and members of the original ghost hunters team huh now it seems to me from reading amas on reddit from grant and from steve who's like the lead team member behind jason it seems like everything is fine it seems like <laughs> well grant thank god just split off it seems like he moved so they don't see each other as often but they're still both in interested in paranormal investigations so they're both doing their own thing and they seem to be wishing each other well cool. they either wish each other well or they're just very you know publicly good at it but it seems like they do. Somebody asked the guy, Steve, like, what are your relationships like with all the people on Ghost Hunters? And he did, like, an itemized rundown. And he was honest about some people. It wasn't mean, but he's like, I haven't seen Stacy in 10 years or whatever. But he's yeah, like, yeah. Grant, we still talk all the time and we don't see each other as much as I would like. Okay. So I guess it's okay, but they've just kind of gone a little bit separate. Okay. Oh, my point in bringing this up, though, I'm sorry, is that I watched an episode of the show today um, because I was like, oh, I haven't seen this show in a million years. I'm recording the new Ghost Hunters to watch tonight. Like, it'll be fun to watch. It felt like such a show of a different time in a post Ghost Adventures world because in the same or not in the same way, in contrast to the way that we've talked about on Ghost Adventures, where like Z like something so minor will happen and Zach Bagans is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god, did you get that? Did you get that? And like heightens everything. On Ghost Hunters, they are so chill. It oh, would seriously really? be somebody sitting like on a couch waiting for something to happen and there'd be a creak and they're like, did you hear that? Do you think that was anything? 
I was like, this is charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. <laughs> it's it. real. It's not Zach Bagans like sizing up the Dybbuk box. Right. Acting like he's going to tackle it. Right. Exactly. From like, every angle. Come on. No. Dude. And I know that like ghost hunters have tons of detractors who say it's not real or whatever. Unscrupulous I, I ones. Yes. Unscrupulous detractors. Uh, I, I I haven't gone that deep on it. I don't know. So I'm sure me saying it's so real. People are like, oh, actually, and yeah. maybe they have, they're right. But at least just visually watching without going deeper. It was so amusing yeah. and nice, like kind of gratifying and fun to watch somebody just being so low key and like, huh, did you hear that? Huh, I'm not sure. And then when they give the results to the people, they were like, I, they, 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 there were two cases that they did in the episode and both cases they're like it doesn't really seem like there's a haunting here like there there might be and if there is it's okay like they're just people but they don't have bodies yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the worst it'll be but it's kind of inconclusive and i was like this is a very measured ghost show that's a weird way to put it though. i know that doesn't seem very comforting no, right i thought the all. same thing his his um his vibe was so like it's okay. You know, it's it's just people, but they don't have bodies. You know, so just know that and you'll be fine. I was like, that doesn't sound good to so me. So there are other people in my house? <laughs> One way or another, body or not. Uh, Occupado? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, we don't think so, but if they are, they're just people like you and me. They just don't have a bod. Listen, we checked out the house. There's just bodies in there and no people. Yeah. So... But I would, I would, anyway, sleep tight. <laughs> I would give it a watch. When we're recording right now, I haven't seen the new Ghost Hunters yet because it's not on. Yeah. But it was very fun. It well, just, now they it's have a, to compete. Now they're in a, a Zach Baggins. Group. I know. That's what I'm wondering. I watched the trailer and it did seem much more heightened. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but it was fun back. to watch an old episode of Ghost Hunters. And it was just like, it was very quiet and low key. And I like really liked it. I mean, I used to watch that show regularly. I just fell off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can see why I like this. It's just kind of nice. Hmm, okay. It's like not dramatic, just kind of interesting. Okay, cool. Um, so to go back to Tina's message, um, she said to round it out. Lastly, Tony said that the Juan films were good, but took a lot of artistic license. He told us the things that did not happen in real life. He also spoke about demons and theology. The audience were all average, regular people like me, and there was no Halloween-y feel, like all people in goth clothes, etc. The night went over by 45 minutes. He jammed a lot of stuff in tonight and gave us our money's worth. What he shared about Judy was interesting. She did not talk about anything because she didn't like what her mom and dad did. She was terrified of the stories her dad would tell her. And that's where we left it. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Oh, and, you she, for the and report. she said, oh, I already said this, that she went because you and I talked about it and she loves James Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Which is great. I'm glad we could provide a little bit of like actionable news. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally. super cool. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Yeah. You can take it away with what Arnie's story is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So The Conjuring 3, by all accords, appears to be based on The Devil in Connecticut. Um, which is the first known court case in the United States mm -hmm. in which the defense sought to prove innocence based upon the defendant's claims of demonic possession and denial of personal responsibility for the crime. Yeah. This that's... is per Wikipedia. Yeah. But this is funny phrasing because it leaves room for a few scenarios. Uh huh. Uh, this is the first known court case in the U.S. To use the devil made me do it. Right. Which implies there may have been other cases outside ask. the U.S. That right. didn't occur to me until just now. The phrasing is very particular. Yes. Um, and by saying that uh, the defense sought to prove innocence based on the defendant's claim of demonic possession and denial of uh, personal responsibility. Right. That's a nugget. Implies that there could be a case where um, people are like, the devil made me do it, but I'm guilty. Yes. Or um, uh, uh, <laughs> they say that they were like, possessed but they also participated right exactly <laughs> you know, like, there's there's like weird yes. the phrasing is kind of completely um okay and then here's essentially the case mm -hmm. i also want to say there's a good chance i'll get some of the details wrong okay uh-huh this That's is a funny. good reason yeah. why your teachers tell you not to use wikipedia yeah i could not make heads or tails of who was involved in the story their relationships to each other what happened when or where some of the big ones the who what where when why and how mm -hmm. the who was all messed up yeah the what was questionable the where changed a bunch that's there's a reason that i said i kept going back to the wikipedia page over days yes. because i couldn't process it because it's kind of like just all thrown onto yeah. the page. It's confusing. I, I wrote most of my notes by saying that Debbie Gatzel and her son David <laughs> experienced this. And then at the end, they're like, Yes. 
Debbie was mad at her brother. And I'm like, who's her brother? Who, who's her brother? What are you talking about? Yes. And then they kept referring to the Gatzel family doing stuff. I know. And I was like, who the hell are the Gatzels? And they kept talking about Debbie and David. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking about this Arnie Johnson. Right. And I'm like, well, what? Were they friends? And then they're like, Arnie was at the exorcism. I'm like, but who was he? I know. It took me forever to figure out the following. Yes. Arnie Johnson and Debbie Gatzel are an item. Yes, exactly. That's the Arnie and Debbie who were at the talk that Tina went to. Right. Debbie's brother, David, Mm -hmm. was where the possession started. She also has other brothers. Right. Carl. Carl. Yes. Uh, So the point is... My mind is scrambled. No, it was a rough Wikipedia page. What's going on, Wikipedia? Someone's got to update that thing, especially when this movie comes out. Yeah. People be flocking to it, and they're just going to be like, I don't know what happened. Right. I don't know. I'll point out some of the inconsistencies, because some of them are kind of amusing, where I'm yeah. like, all right, well, we're just teleporting now. Right. So anyway, some of this is rad. Mm-hmm. Arnie Johnson and Debbie Gatzel move into a new, or they acquire a new rental property. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether they were trying to... Uh, like live in it or rent it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but while they're there, they're cleaning up the place. 11 year old David says he sees an old man there who pushing and terrifying him. Yeah. Funny phrasing. Very. Apparently threatened to harm the Gatzels. Mm-hmm. Arnie and Debbie assumed he was just making something up to avoid doing yeah. the cleaning. Yeah. Which is a pro move. Yeah. And a unique one. Yeah. Too. To, like there are lots of ways to get out. It'd be like, I don't feel good. My tummy. Yeah. But to be like, there's an old man pushing me. Like, yeah. There's an old man a... pushing and terrifying me. Yeah, pushing and terrifying. I, I'm sorry. I got to sit here and I play this game. Clean. Boy. Yeah. It's all I can do. It's all I can do here. Um, David's visions of the old man included the man appearing as a demonic beast who muttered in Latin and threatened to steal his soul. That's a heavy vision. You know, well, I guess 11 is old enough. I was going to say that I would think that you might not have a reference for what Latin sounds like. But maybe maybe you do it at 11. I mean, there are a lot of Latin roots out there. Right. Expectus montus. Right, exactly. Just think it was just gibberish. Now, the family did supposedly hear a bunch of, like, sounds coming from the attic and stuff. uh, But only David saw the old codger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I was really excited when I wrote that in my notes. It's really good. Uh, He'd go on to experience night terrors. Mm -hmm. He would be behaving strangely. And he'd get mysterious scratches and bruises coming from seemingly nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, The family brought in a priest, concluding that the house was evil. Then they call in the Warrens. Lorraine Warren apparently saw some sort of a black mist Mm -hmm. materialize beside David, suggesting, yes, he is being um, oppressed. Yeah. Infested. First first stage. First stage. Um, The Gatzels claim to have seen David get beaten and choked by invisible hands. Red marks appearing on his neck afterward. Like Danny from The Shining. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Miss Massey. Yes, that's right. right. That is like that. 237. There Mm -hmm. ain't nothing in room 237. You know what I just thought of? It's never occurred to me. So I have this skin condition called dermatographia. Yeah. Where if you scratch me, like a hive will come up in that spot. So you could like write a word on me and it'll come up in hives. I wonder how many people who exhibit these physical signs of possession have dermatographia. Interesting. Just a thought. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I will say the following. Mm Mm-hmm. Later in my research, there is a um, a claim made mm-hmm. that the Warrens were actually exploiting the family right. and taking advantage of the fact that David had like been suffering from mental illness. Uh-huh. Um, I, Kristen, your very brother, ever since we discussed Dear David, I've been noticing a few things. What? My phone glitches out, not infrequently. Uh-huh. I'll be watching something or listening to something and it'll just stop playing. Uh-huh. All I have to do is hit play again and it'll yeah. resume, but clearly prompted by nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very much like when the game grumps just started playing in the middle right. of the show recently. That was so awesome. Yeah. And the, a, a dark cloud has <laughs> fallen over my thoughts. Now, in olden days, uh-huh. you might have said yeah. possession by a demon. You might have by yeah, a demon. By a demon. Absolutely. I told you I didn't tell our friends at home. That not only did my lights flicker like crazy the day after Dear David. Did we talk about that on this podcast? We didn't talk about it on this podcast. Okay. So I have another podcast and YouTube show. I'm kind of experimenting with the format. We'll see where it goes. But as it is right now, 
There's a YouTube show and a podcast called Dearly Departed Pop that you can find on your podcast apps and on youtube.com slash talkbomb. So you can see this on that video. Um, I So it's a show where I'm talking about pop culture that is canceled or not around or old or whatever. And I talked about a show called Harper's Island that was like a cool slashery kind of CBS show. And it's going to be a lot of mystery kinds of shows. So that's an aside. But if you want to follow that, it's a cool thing. So anyway, when I was recording it, I started having some trouble with my equipment. And then the lights in the room that I was in changed color because I had them a cool color for filming and started flashing like crazy awesome. out of nowhere. It was awesome. So that was weird and freaky the day it after. Happened live online yes. and then Kristen's turned off her own feed. Yeah. And everybody in the chat was like, you should call her. And yes. I tried calling and, and it went straight to voicemail. It was very <laughs> uh, fascinating. I had it on airplane mode so I so I could focus entirely on my work. And she accidentally had her lights on demon mode. Yeah, exactly. We've all been there. Um, so it was freaky on its own, but especially freaky the day after Will's phone just started playing audio while we're in the middle of recording Uh Guides the Unknown one day. Then a few days after that, I don't remember, I texted you about it. I was working at home and my TV turned on out of nowhere. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't anything hugely dramatic. It wasn't like all of a sudden started blaring or anything. It just turned on the screen that says like press menu to go to the Fios on demand or whatever but all of a sudden it was on Mm. and i was like well i recently down here in the basement studio had to switch to wired oh yeah mouse and wired keyboard because uh wireless electronics Mm -hmm. stopped working properly down here yeah don't know why now ghosts and popular media Mm -hmm. are said to yes do stuff to electronics right do all these things paint a picture i don't know I think they might. They paint a picture of something. I think they might. They might. Um, oh, they might all right. <laughs> so, uh, Danny, mm-hmm. David. <laughs> David. Yeah, we were talking about Danny Torrance. That's yeah, why. Yeah, we were. David would growl, hiss, speak in otherworldly voices, and recite passages from the Bible and Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. Lorraine said David levitated. Oh, you don't say. Oh. Lorraine said somebody levitated? How oh, strange. that's interesting, Lorraine. <laughs> that's interesting. He stopped breathing. And even at one point predicted a future murder. Oh. Sound familiar? That's why we're here. Whoa. In October 1980, the Warrens contacted the police, saying that this was getting out of hand. Mm -hmm. During a series of exorcisms, Arnie, apparently, as you mentioned, tried to convince the Dimmons to possess him instead. This is a terrible move on Come at me, bro. This is a terrible move. Leave David, take me. Yeah. This resulted in him being attacked by the demons, who also took control of his car, making it swerve off the road into a tree. Oh, God. That happened with the Annabelle case. Not swerve into a tree, but when I think when the Warrens brought Annabelle home from the person's house or whatever, all of a sudden the car started acting funky on the way home. Is that right? Or... I might be getting this wrong. Something did funny happen when they were bringing her home to their house, but also they had somebody at their house. It might have been a priest who was like, oh, Annabelle, you're nothing but a doll, aren't you? That's right. Yes, yes, yes. And then on the way home, something went wrong with his car. Boy. Yeah. Times are a-changing. That counts as insulting Annabelle? Why, Annabelle, you're not but a doll. (laughs) Maybe that's what Zach Bacon said. (laughs) All right. What the hell? Yikes. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're very sensitive. Are you not a doll? For pointing out the obvious. Yeah. You're a doll. Yeah. Okay. Deal with it, toots. Get used to it. Yeah. Come on, babe. (laughs) Uh, Now, Arnie was unharmed. Mm -hmm. Arnie was unharmed. Arnie was unharmed. Later, he was examining a well on the property of this rental thing. Um, sidebar when this movie is made and it is about a couple that is trying to repair a house mm-hmm. there are going to be a lot of annoying scenes of ed helping them with the plumbing oh of course because like he's so folksy yeah he's so damn charming and helpful. yeah yeah, yeah. he's yeah. gonna be like, you're totally right spackling walls or will they have taken a note maybe you're not the only person who noticed this and didn't like it Yikes. maybe they'll have taken a note now i have not seen conjuring 2 in a while but Mm -hmm. i do believe he helps them with their plumbing in that movie (laughs) man i don't remember this at all i really i'm going to rewatch these why is that a subplot in these films just showing how nice and normal he is for an exorcist right it's gotta be he's just like us he can fix a john up to the elbow in a toilet (laughs) 
Should have called. Then a ghost pops out of the tank. Should have called Taps. Yeah, he should have. You're right Take about care that. Of it. Yeah, he ain't no toilet rooter. <laughs> Leave it to the pros. That's right. Um. Anyway, so Arnie is looking at this well that's on the property, which is said to house the demons. Yeah. Now, looking down into the well, Mm -hmm. he makes eye contact with a demon. Later, Lorraine would claim she told him not to do that. It seems to me like Artie was courting a lot of danger. Like he's yelling at the demon to come into him. Then he's going to the well where the demons live. Yeah. Don't go there, Arnie. Just don't do that. Stop it. Right. Also, Lorraine warned you not to look a demon in the eyes. So you did? No, my point is... Yeah. When have well, you ever come face to face with a demon? But I get. But if we're living, why would the, you bother warning someone about if that? If we're living within the logic of this situation, where it's known that demons are in the well, yeah. and this guy seems hot on checking out the well, maybe Lorraine was like, "I don't think you should do this, Arnie." Don't but if put it you out do, with your boots, Ted. That's right. But if you do, don't look one in the eye. I'm warning you. you I know? did it. Yeah. Yeah. Must be. Don't look into the trap. I'm looking at the trap, Ray. <laughs> Arnie and Debbie moved away from this place uh, to be closer to where her new job as a dog groomer mm-hmm. is working for one Alan Bono. Mm-hmm. Mm. Arnie begins exhibiting similar symptoms as those displayed by David. He would fall into a trance-like state, growl, hallucinate, and have no memory of it at all later. Mm. Arnie's been possessed since he met. Yeah. Gaze with that demon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the murder. Since he met gaze with that demon. <laughs> I had to find a way to finish the I know, sentence I know. properly. I don't bail on a sentence if I can avoid it. He met gaze. <laughs> I, I said the word met. I, I had know. to figure out a way I out of there. Know. I know. <laughs> I started looking for exits. Yeah. You word, made one, but it was a funny one. the word one. met, met eyes, that wouldn't work quite as well. I know. <laughs> I picked something, decided to just try to move on. <laughs> and it didn't take. No. All right, so to the murder. Mm -hmm. To the murder we go. Mm -hmm. On February 16th, 1961, Arnie calls in sick to his job to go hang out at the dog kennel with Debbie. Joined uh, by Arnie's sister, Wanda, and Debbie's nine-year-old cousin, Mary. Alan Bono Bono takes everyone out to lunch. Bono hits the sauce. Mm -hmm. After lunch... They return to the kennel. Debbie then takes the girls out to get pizza. I found this confusing. According to Wikipedia. Did they just eat? After lunch, it literally says, I know. After lunch, they went to back to the kennel. Right. Then Debbie took the girls out for pizza. Right. That's what it says on Wikipedia. But doesn't it say something like she thought she should get them out of there or something because Bono was acting drunk? That's later. Okay. Uh, then in, So Debbie takes the girls out to get pizza after they got lunch and went back to the kennel. I respect a double lunch. And then insists that they return because she anticipates trouble. Time back for the trouble. Yeah. Bono became agitated. Debbie insisted everyone leave the room, but Bono grabs nine-year-old Mary and refuses to let go. Don't really even understand what that means. Yeah. Johnson headed back to the apartment and ordered Bono to release Mary. This is where I just start going like, where, where is are they? Yeah. What is happening? Right. What are, you, are they at the kennel? Did they get lunch, kennel, pizza, kennel, apartment? Yeah. I don't know what's happening at this point. I just have to wave my hands and say I'm not sure. Yeah. point is, none of that even matters. Right. It's just like, what are you talking about? Totally. The point is... Bono is out of his gourd. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he's grabbing like this nine-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah. N- n- not clear why. And uh, Arnie insists, he orders Bono to release Mary. Mm-hmm. And then Johnson, growling like an animal, produces a five-inch pocket knife and stabs Bono repeatedly. He died several hours later. Arnie was discovered two miles away from where the murder was committed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Lorraine Warren, the next day, tells the police that Arnie was possessed when the crime was committed. Has it gone over like a lead balloon? And very quickly, the Warren's agents promise that lectures, a book, and a movie will one day be made about this. Who did they promise that to? How right they were. Oh. I think they screamed it to the heavens. 
I'm not sure. It must have. Yeah. The case itself. Mm -hmm. Court case. It was called the Demon Murder Trial. Martin Manella, Arnie's lawyer, flew to England to meet lawyers who had worked on similar cases over there. Those never went to court, though. Okay. So Um, that's where kind of the careful wording from before maybe comes in, because this has been a thing, but didn't go quite to the same level. I guess so. Like through the court system. He wants to fly in exorcism experts. And he threatens to subpoena the priests who oversaw David's exorcism if they don't participate. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is, Martin Manella is planning to make a grandiose case, larger than life. A demon made him do it. Yeah. By gum. <laughs> so, court day, October 28th, 1981. Judge, how does the defense plead? Martin Manella not guilty by way of demonic possession. The judge, nope. Yeah. The defense is instantly thrown out. Judge Robert Callahan said it would not fly due to the lack of evidence and that it would be, quote, irrelative and unscientific to allow any related testimony wow. to that. If yeah. you end up having an yeah. exorcist take this stand and be like, yes, it was a demon. Right. No, I can't prove it. Right. <laughs> like yeah, you, you, yeah. It would be setting a, a ridiculous precedent. Yeah. The judge immediately says no. So Martin Manella just goes like, all right, uh, the self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Right back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the big thing. Right. That's the big old case. Mm-hmm. That's the devil made me do it case. Day one, four seconds in. Wow. Judge, allow me to knock your socks off. <laughs> it was the devil. What do you mean? I can't say that. So it seems like they were saying that they don't want the movie to be another movie that's about a house that's going through a possession or whatever. Right. It sounds to me like this, and of course they they can remix the story a little bit. Like the movie would be about a house and a family going through a position Correct. possession, but just with a twist that's kind of slight. Kind of slight, except a man really did die. No, but I mean, as far as like, well, yeah, I shouldn't say it's a slight twist, but I mean, as far as like the case and them being like a devil made me do it thing, like that's not really coming in all that much. No, unless yeah. unless they make Ed Warren play the role of the defense attorney. <laughs> I was about to say, be, be his lawyer. Your Honor. <laughs> yeah. If it pleases the court, I'd like to play my guitar a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Lord, I was oh. born a handsome man. I have to give a little retraction about something I said about Ed Warren once. Uh, well, I said it about the audiobook, The Demonologist, oh, okay. about Red War- Red- Ed Warren. I asked you if Patrick Wilson has a heavy Boston accent in these movies because in the audiobook, The Demonologist, I said that they laid on real thick with a Boston accent and that I heard Ed Warren speak and he didn't have one. I went back to continue listening to The Demonologist because I kind of left off. It's like short stories, basically, so you could pick it back up. The guy's not really doing that heavy of a Boston accent. Oh, you conflated it in your mind. Yes. Made it bigger than it was. Yes, I did. I happen to know that when I was listening to that book, I was in a very heightened emotional state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I really punched it up. But when I listened to it, I was like, oh, this isn't as bad as I said. Hmm. So. Oops. Oops. Um, I personally hope that in the movie they make it bigger and bigger. (laughs) And they go like, Judge, I'd like to call to the witness stand. Yeah. A demon. The devil, yeah. <laughs> and then the demon's like, now listen, yes, I was possessing him, but I didn't make him do nothing. Right. It was he, all him. I, matter of fact, I remember saying, don't do it. <laughs> Look, he met gaze with me. But What was I supposed to do? I was I was welcomed into his boat. <laughs> By a boat, I do, of course, mean body. And there I did reside. <laughs> But the devil did not make him do it. Matter of fact, I wish they all the articles said the devil didn't make me do it, but I done did it anyway. <laughs> the devil made me not do it. That's right. Court is case adjourned. Ad- I was going to say case adjourned. That's not right. You're my better. case is closed. Get this man out of my courtroom, judge. <laughs> <laughs> the devil. <laughs> and then the judge's like, uh, uh, and the guy disappears in smoke, tries to grab him to get him out of his, his courtroom. <laughs> You'll never catch me. I'm not real. I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> uh, Alan or uh, uh, Arnie Johnson is um, well convicted. Yeah, convicted of first degree manslaughter for the killing of Alan Bono. Uh, given a ten to twenty year sentence, he serves five years. Right. Legacy. Gerard Brittle, mm-hmm. a friend of. Lorraine Warren's like an assistant or something. Yeah. Publishes a book in 1983 called The Devil in Connecticut. Profits were shared with the family. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, when republished in 2006, David, am I stepping on your toes? Is this something that you have? Yeah, but it's fine. Go ahead. Are you sure? It's totally fine. Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Sure? <laughs> it's from the same source. I also got it from Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, David Gatzel and his brother Carl sue the authors and publishers. Uh, Carl said the story was a hoax concocted by the Warrens. Uh, he said that Lorraine Warren told him that their family would make millions mm-hmm. off of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnie and Debbie are now married and fully support the story. Yeah. Uh, saying that the Gatzels in question are suing simply for monetary purposes, which is where I go... Are you throwing mm-hmm. your own son under the bus? And then I had to do a lot of research to realize it was a brother. Right, there's a brother. Yeah. But you know what? So I see their point and everything. But a question that I have about the Gatzel story is that, like, if if there was nothing, then where did the Warrens come into this? You know what I mean? Like, the family must have thought that there was some sort of possession or something going on. Oh, yeah, on. they did. You know what I mean? So, like, for them to then say, like, no, there was nothing – and they made this up for profit is not quite right. Like from what they I read, it, it seemed like they were presenting it as a little bit more cut and dry than it could possibly be. Sure. Yeah. 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 Ed and Lorraine Warren were welcomed in, but right. it's like, it's like, do you, do you, who are you mad at? Mm-hmm. The person who let the vampire come into the house, right? Or the vampire for for once he's in the house, yeah, sucking, like sucking everyone's blood. blood dry. Totally. Who who's really to blame here? A yeah. desperate family mm-hmm. who was looking for help in the you know in the wrong place. Totally. Or the people who will come in and frequently make money off of this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, for sure. You know. I know. Yeah. But I, it's just it's it, it seemed a little bit more complicated than it saying like they came in and they made this story up and they told us that you know that we make millions off of it like it seems like the family must have believed it to a degree which again doesn't make it totally right but also her co-author of that book said that he had hundreds of hours of video interviews with the family for the purposes of the book and that they signed off on the book and everything so it's like it's unfortunately a little bit hard to to pick a lane well, yeah i mean yeah. that's that's the thing it's like almost like by design like yeah these things are are so uh tricky and, and most of the ghost stuff is based on faith like of course in terms of like the letter of the law mm-hmm. right uh arnie johnson was found guilty mm-hmm. of first degree manslaughter yeah. but i guess there was some element of that that um exonerated him to some degree that he was allowed to out I, after five years. I know that's you know so I mean? it's so that's short. Like, it must have been Alan Bono like taking Mary and stuff and saying like yeah, self you know defense I mean? is like, a compelling reason. Yeah, totally. If the guy was out of control and doing right. stuff, yeah, right. But like my point is that like the law has a concrete rule set that you can establish and follow. Mm-hmm. The ghost world yeah. does not. Right. That's what I'm saying. So when the twain meet, right. it, it's hard to then figure that out. Where does it's it hard begin? to find a path. Where does it end? Per the ghost world, is this a uh, uh, everything worked out the way it should? Or mm-hmm. is this like a miscarriage of justice kind of thing because the demon got away with it? Right. You know what I mean? Right. No, totally. How does this work? And especially yeah. like the whole like Ed and Lorraine Warren, are they exploiting you or are mm-hmm. they helping you? Right. Thing like... Unfortunately, the answer might be a little of column A, a little of column B. Yes, I think so. I think that it's totally possible that these people are reaching out and have real problems. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're helping to a degree, but then putting a little bit extra spice on top. Yes, yeah. You know? It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And we... I don't know. We will never know. No. We'll never know. Yeah. Um... So that story is going to be coming at you in The Conjuring 3 sometime i think it's 2020 that it's supposed to be coming out 2020 right. yeah but um but we'll see there's no release date yet right. there's no official synopsis so please let this episode act as your official synopsis yes now i would like to to do something that is not going to age well okay i have predictions oh right right right. yeah yeah, yeah. For movie adaptation mm-hmm. of of some of these events yeah one alan bono mm-hmm. grabs nine-year-old mary yeah debbie's cousin they're going to change that to be he grabs David. Mm-hmm. David is the little boy where all of this started. They're going to uh, continue a clean thematic through Yes, line that is cleaner. David will be the sort of hostage yes. at the end. Yeah, there might not even be a Mary. There might in not the be. Movie. Yeah, yeah. She, aside from that one moment. Right. You've already got a kid. Right. And like also, um, Arnie's sister Wanda is probably not going to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed and Lorraine will be. Yes. Oh, during that in that encounter, oh, yeah, the murder. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, I guess so. I was trying to remember if, yeah, they, they knew this family before that happens. Right. So yeah, it's not like they guess. came in after. Well, like, I guess here's part of the problem too. And like, this is sort of my next prediction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, this isn't really a prediction as much as it is a question. Uh, is David's story of possession, is this act one or is this a cold open? Do we get through this? That's Quick, the thing. I and don't... then the movie focuses on Arnie Johnson mm-hmm. or is it like psycho? The beginning of the movie feels like it's about David. Bam, he's not possessed anymore. Now it's an Arnie. Suddenly the movie pivots and we follow the Arnie story starting a half hour in. I think neither. I think it's going to be marketed knowing. I think it's going to be mostly Arnie centric because I think that they know that true crime is such a big thing. And also, like the producer said, they want to pivot away from it just being like a possessed family story or whatever. So I think they're going to focus on Arnie, but we're going to know that it comes from David. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but that's where Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved, though. Yes. Because the cleanest version of this story, Mm -hmm. I think, if you have to modify it for film, is a man is being put on trial and he says the devil made him do it. Uh Ed and Lorraine Warren are brought into investigate yes i was about to say if not eliminating david from this story altogether i know which i think is not impossible especially given this lawsuit sort of stuff because the glatzels seem to not want to be involved in this true so maybe and arnie is obviously like cool with the warren estate or whatever it may end up just being that arnie is a man who is possessed yeah he ends up doing this and proceed. Maybe it won't be that he was like, come at me, bro. And a demon flew in him from somebody else. Maybe, maybe it's just Arnie gazing into the demon well and yeah, yeah, yeah. gets possessed himself. Maybe. But Ed and Lorraine Warren can't afford to lose. Mm-hmm. The story is going to end with them succeeding somehow. So what do they succeed at? Because a man still dies here. And if they Could tried to help, sweep. and if they tried to help, and then a murder occurred, That's Ed true. and Lorraine Warren are not the heroes anymore. No, 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 no. So it has to be that somehow they yeah, absolve. Yeah, but they could be helping the family. through. They, it could be that they've helped Debbie through this. It could be we pick up five years later and Debbie and Arnie are together again. You know what I mean? Like this. Story- but Ed and Lorraine Warren have to be the reason why they're together. Yeah. In movie is- speak. Yes. In movie no, speak. That's what I'm Ed and Lorraine Warren have to be the folksy, uh, heart-filled reason why Arnie... Yes, you know what? He did kill Alan Bono. Mm-hmm. But then Ed and Lorraine Warren got the demon out of him. And, you know, really help them. Yeah. Even though the world will never know. And, like, explains to Debbie yeah. the circumstances and everything and helps Debbie, her understand. Debbie, Debbie. Yeah. It was the demon, De- not the boy. Here, I think, I think Vera for me is me picking at something be like, so you have to understand. Um, and whatever it might explain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> explain possession to her. Uh, outlandish prediction. Yeah. Uh, Alan Bono is also possessed. I don't think so. Or somehow made out to be a villain. Even yeah, though he was I mean, just that's murdered. what I'm saying. I think that this is going to be a very delicate thing for the Warrens to be heroes and for Arnie to come out of the smelling because he still killed a man. Still like, killed a guy. And this is a real story. Like Alan yes. Bono's family yes, we'll see lost a family member. Right. Yeah. So like, even if he had, I don't know this guy's deal. Who knows? Maybe he was a saint. Maybe he was terrible. I have no idea. But either way, like, this Tricky guy had a terrible day. Maybe it was a terrible day. It was a string of like a life of terrible days, but maybe it was just a terrible day in a fine guy's life. Right. And he acted terrible. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, so I don't know that <sighs> he got killed and are, right. and now the end of the movie is aren't Ed and Lorraine Warren such heroes. Somehow. I could see this one being a bittersweet one. I think that it will be that, <sighs> but are they making more? Uh, I don't, maybe, maybe are they making more Ed and Lorraine. Yeah. Movies. Yeah, I think conceivably. I don't know that it's going to be quite as just like, how oh, we all tied it up and it's all great. Because seriously, a man died, like no matter what he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be kind of like this happened. God, we got through it or whatever. Debbie and Arnie are together, but like, boy, what a struggle. And just yeah. kind of one of those stories where it's just like, we're just kind of telling a story. It'll yeah. obviously tie up in some way that is on an up note, but it might not be the heroic, like, thank God I exercised the demon out of that person's story that the first two have been. Right. Yeah. It'll just be like, we did our best. Right. I, I kind of, cause I don't know how else it, what else could it be? I know, but I just, I guess I also have this idea in my head that this is the capper. Mm-hmm. This is the end of a trilogy. Although. I don't think so. I, it doesn't. And Lorraine Warren were in Annabelle 3, and yeah. that smacks of more Marvel. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think that they're going for like a clean trilogy thing. I think yeah. that they know that people call it the Conjuring Cinematic Universe, and they're going to Well, that's keep always it. been true, but yeah. like, I just can't decide if Vera Farmiga and. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson are in this and like, because modern, modern, modern like movie stars, I think, 
uh, intelligently mm-hmm. are more likely to be like, yeah, I'll play this character forever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll just keep making these. Mm-hmm. Whereas it used to be like, Mr. Yeah. Connery, would you please just do yeah, another? Yeah, they didn't want to be like tied down to the same character. I refuse to do the same thing twice. Yes. Like, uh, why? Why? Yeah. You know, like Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, mm-hmm. it was it was like, I'll play Spider-Man until yeah. I'm an old man. Good, because I'll watch Spider-Man until I'm an old man. Well, there's major problems. I know, I Spider-Man. know, I know, but I'll yeah. still be there. Um, all right, I actually do have one last thing. Do you Go mind? for it. Do you mind? No. Do you mind? I'll put this in the show notes. We'll have links mm-hmm. to, to everything in yes, the show notes. Yes, our sources everybody. will all be in the show notes. New York Times article from back then, from mm-hmm. 1981. And I just really appreciate the way it's written, mm-hmm. and I think it's very fascinating, to the point that, like, to do this justice, I'd just have to read you the whole article, which mm-hmm. would be silly. Yeah. But I want to read you a, a couple of cool things here. Yeah. This is the way it starts. Calling this cool is wrong. Okay. <laughs> but this is the way it starts. In the book of Matthew, an encounter between Jesus and two demon-possessed men is described. And the demons beg, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He does. The passage recounts, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Normally, pigs can swim quite well. Okay. But such stories in the Bible help form the basis for the Roman Catholic Church's acceptance of the concept of demonic possession. That's their in. Wow. That is their in to talk about this case. How funny is that? Yeah. And the pigs drowned in the... Normally, pigs can swim well. (laughs) That's an intense... Taking the Bible to task. The, The headline for this article, Defendant in a Murder puts the devil on trial nice now this gets into the entire story and it is great Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite things is talking about the origin of the evil um they do talk about ed and lorraine warren's involvement by the way Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a moment when they talk about what david saw which i really really enjoyed oh oh my god i forgot about this too Okay, I've got at least two things to say to you. Okay. But there was one where they were talking about the that old man, mm-hmm. the old man ghost, which, by the way, old man ghost is the threat and conjuring too. Oh, yeah, you're so right. So I don't know if they want to do old man ghost twice in a row. Maybe not. He seems to only really have been what kicked this off. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is from the New York Times article. Mm-hmm. This is about when David became possessed. Yeah. And I just love the way that they talk about this and the fact that it's in the New York Times. Yes. A reputable source, right. a highly respected paper. Because this was in court. Yeah, and the only you know? people who appear in New York Times articles are probably also uh, full of integrity and really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the house where Miss Gl- Glatzel and Mr. Johnson plan to live, she saw her son fall suddenly on the bed. Back at home that night, he told her that someone had pushed him and that a little old man had appeared before him with burnt-looking skin and a plaid shirt torn at the elbow, pointing a finger and warning him, beware. Ooh. That is a description of a little elderly old man ghost in a a New York Times article. That's awesome. Which is so cool. Yes. There's also a thing in here of uh, David's mom- I believe uh, mm-hmm. calling him like a little a little fat boy. <laughs> what? What the hell's going on with this? Look at this one, Miss Gatzel said. One recent day, she pushed a color snapshot a- across the table. It showed her brother, an obese and mop-haired boy of twelve, okay, lying on his back on the floor with a sloppy expression on his face. Kneeling over him, pressing a crucifix from a chain around his neck onto the boy's forehead, was Mister Johnson, whom she calls Cheyenne. Wait, wait, what? What? Yeah. She calls him Cheyenne? His name is Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. Okay. All right. And also, why is he doing this? He's just know. a guy. Well, he was involved in the exorcisms. He participated okay. in that. Okay. Okay. So this was, was in the like... midst of a legit exorcism this picture is taken. Well, the, the legit exorcism. Well, well, but with a priest and stuff, right? Isn't that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So as far as legit is, this is during a legit exorcism, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's. Why the hell are they body shaming David left and right? Yeah. Uh, here we go. He would, he would kick, bite, spit, swear. Terrible words, his mother Judy said. Worse, she said, he experienced strangling attempts by invisible hands, which he tried to pull from his neck, and powerful forces would flop him rapidly, head to toe like a rag doll. And he can't even do a sit-up, she said. He's too fat. Leave the lad alone. Mrs. Gatzel? That's what she said. What the hell? That's what she said. 
I was say it's a weird thing to include, but it's just a weird thing to say. Can't even do a sit up. Say that he's too fat. We got to shoehorn that in here. This demonically this is... possessed kid's a bit of a tubbo. <laughs> Look, I think we have bigger fish to fry here, Mrs. Yeah. Gatzel, than talking about how he can't do a sit up. Did someone say fried fish? He's being <laughs> being possessed. Yeah. Leave the boy alone. God. It's, it's funny that she's the, the the next line after she says he's too fat to do a sit up is yeah. leave the lad alone. Yeah, yeah. She's talking about a demon. Yeah, you leave the lad alone. Yeah. Agreed. They, leave the lad alone. Look, especially if like what he and his brother are saying, this kid may have just been horribly mistreated. Yes. Like so, he's being there are a bunch unwell. of exorcisms. Yeah, unwell. His parents are obviously, or at least his mom is pretty hard on him. Yeah. Um. At one point, his brother-in-law is on top of him pushing a crucifix into his head. Why are you having civilians assist with exorcisms like that? Like, it's one thing and crazy enough to have priests doing it. But people who are in your personal life now are, like, all up on you like that. It's really messed up. If you're sick and people are jumping all over you, pushing you around, saying that there's a demon in you. Yes. Is, is, is that going to make you act better than you had been before that caused them to even think this was a thing? Of I'm course not. Now. Yeah. I'm all better now. Yeah. Oh, you treat me like crap. So I'm, I'm acting way better. Bonkers. That's not how it works. Bonkers. Oh, that poor kid. I know. It's crazy. God. Coming next summer. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I got. Yeah. The devil in Connecticut. The devil made me do it. Man. Yeah. So that's it, guys. Until next week, you can find us with your thoughts about this whole story. You can tell us any cool events that you've been to, like Tina did, um, by finding us at GTTU Pod on all social media. You can also follow our private Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash group slash GTTU Pod. Or you can search for Guides to the Unknown Secret Society in Facebook. There are like posts very often now from people just like sharing yeah. cool stuff it's or great. funny stuff that's in the realm of like anything spooky or mysterious it's a group full of very cool people you know how facebook groups work so come join ours it's sweet um you can join our or you can donate to our patreon page that's at patreon.com slash gttu pod and that's a way that you can choose to either with a one-off donation or a monthly donation kind of thank us for doing the show and putting this stuff out every week for you guys yeah um, you can also follow us individually. Um, I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at The Myth Traveler. Mm-hmm. We would also love it if you guys would give us reviews wherever oh you like to review things. So on iTunes, on Facebook. I actually, the day before yesterday, went on a reviewing spree of things that I'm listening to that I had. Oh, that's great. That, yeah, like I try to remember to do that every once in a while. And it feels really good to do. So if you would like to do that for us, we'd super appreciate I it. I would love that. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, recently we've been getting a lot of really nice positive reviews um over on apple podcasts like Mm -hmm. a lot of people saying i love this podcast and have been happily binging it the sibling chemistry is fantastic and i love the topics they cover that's great that's from baby f thank you baby thank you so much love it love it love it love it really really appreciate it totally but yeah there you go everybody yeah thank you so much um for hanging out with us we hope that we've provided a portal to the future That's of right. Conjuring 3 holds yep. uh, and that you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see how this conversation ages. I know. I Someday, know. Someday, what did we get right, ball. wrong, stuff like that? How has mm-hmm. the story uh, changed again? Yeah. How do articles and stuff, how do like blogs? I know. I want to see. I'm so curious about that. Yeah. Uh, but only in time will tell. That's right. So we will see you next week for more spooky old stories. Mm-hmm. But until that time comes. We must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. Bye. Bye.